You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 117 and 118 of Reading Through the Bible. You guys are doing it, and we're so glad you're doing it with us. I want to say hi to all the people listening today and to my great-great-grandchildren, who I know will be forced to listen to this at least one time in their life for a historical project. (laughs) At least that's my hope, and that's my prayer. As we uh, continue the oral tradition of God's interaction with his people on earth. Yeah. All right. Our Old Testament reading for today is Joshua chapters 11 through 14. Sweet Joshua. So things are going along splendidly for Joshua at this point. Yeah. So last episode we ended with the conquest of Southern Canaan. Yeah, uh, he just kind of went on a tear there. And then uh, we continue on with chapter 11, and he moves towards the northern part of Canaan. Mm-hmm. And so, again, remember that this is all spread out. These two chapters are kind of spread out over seven years. They kind of sum, it up, sum them up real quickly. Right. Um, but it is covered over seven years. And also, as they're defeating these cities... Like they pretty, they, they did a really good job in the southern half, but in the northern half, they're defeating like the kings and the armies. They're not necessarily taking the it, cities as a whole. Yeah, it takes some time to, to get into the actual cities because you're not fighting all the battles. You're mm-hmm. coming out to places to fight uh, because you don't really want to fight where there's women and children and mm-hmm. all your stuff. So yes. they're meeting each other in battlefields, and then it takes time to go out and kind of claim and take over what you've won. Um, well, the conquest continues though. So the kings of Canaan, like Jabin, king of Hazar, Hazor, he then, uh, does another alliance deal. Yep. Like, and only this time there's so many horses and chariots. There's so many, it just, uh, the number is like the sand on the seashore. So this is actually a really overwhelming Northern confederation of the Canaanites mm-hmm. who have seen the South fall and they are going, Okay. And so it is completely overwhelming. It's reminiscent of like Egypt and their armies and they have iron and bronze. And the Lord just says, look, he says the same thing. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll give them to you. And then the Lord says, you know what? Just attack them now. It reminds me of like when you have uh, things on your list to do. Yeah. And then someone calls, like your list keeps growing. Someone texts you and the temptation is to go, I have too many. I'll just wait to get back to that. And then you have the thought, I think it's from the Lord that says, you know what? It's actually not hard to respond. Yes. Or make a decision. I will go to that dinner Mm -hmm. or let me pray for you now. Like you just got to do it. And the Lord says that to uh, Joshua. He's like, just do it now. So they, they do a surprise attack, suddenly attacking all of the armies that are gathering this at massive, one place. This one place. And, and what I read was they were coming out of the wood. They kind of surprise attack. Mm-hmm. So they didn't meet them straight up on the field like the old, uh, you know, redcoats. Yes. Uh, European way of fighting. They surprise them. And then the Lord does what he always does, right? He Did he throw them into, he, he kind of threw them into a confusion? Does he do that in this one? Um, or is it just straight up? Like, I think they just straight yeah, you're take right. them. Suddenly, yeah, they just took them. And then, um, and they chase them down and 
and they do the thing you're supposed to do. They do the king thing. He kills all the kings. Yep. And again, we overlook that. I think it's easy to overlook that, I should say, uh, because the temptation would be, why not make an alliance and become friends with a powerful person? Yes. But Joshua is obeying. They are in the zone when mm-hmm. it comes to obeying the word of God. It's very important because they're understanding that God is absolutely giving them these victories. Mm-hmm. And so we got to do it with God. And so they kill the kings. And they hang them, and then they take them down by sun sundown because they don't want to pollute yep. the land. It's all that good stuff that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And the idea, though, is fear not. God keeps his word. Fear not. The land will rest. And, uh, and it mentions in this section, in chapter 11, like, out of all these kings yes. and all these kingdoms, only one ever made peace. They all had the opportunity yeah. to make peace. But their hearts were hardened and rejected. And so only the Gibeonites were the ones who came out and said, and, and to the dismay of all of Canaan, those who happened to be like the most fierce warriors in all the <laughs> land. And so I just love that the, I think you were saying this, I'm stealing something you yeah, that's said. Okay. But that's, that's okay. Right. Matt often corrects me on this show. Yeah. So it's a give and take. You know. I allow him to correct me and he allows me to steal his ideas. Uh-huh. It's the flow of oral tradition. Um, the thing about it is they, the most fierce warriors recognize you can't fight against God. Yes. And then all the other places that were hardened, like, I think we can do it. Mm-hmm. And they paid the price. So that's pretty much uh, chapter 11, right? Mm-hmm. And I, uh, the last word, though, is great. And the land had rest from war. Yes. Which is the dream. Mm-hmm. We're still dreaming of that. We dream of a land that would rest from war and strife. And then I do just want to point out that the they took most of the middle... They didn't take the, the coastal cities that were um, okay. on the Great Sea. And those were the cities of, like, the Anakim and, like, the Sons of Anak and, and the Giants. Yeah. And uh, eventually, like, the, the, those were the Philistines, which will eventually be yeah. a problem. We will see the Philistines. If you, if you went to Sunday school, you remember the Philistines because yeah. in the book of Judges, and yeah. you're always dealing with those darn Philistines. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, Ch- yeah, chapter twelve. Chapter twelve in. is uh, just a quick recap of. We start off with here are the kings that Moses defeated, and we talk about King Og, who again was like a crazy giant, and uh, Sihon, King Sihon. Can, yeah. Can I tell you something I, I know about history? Yes. There's different types of histories. And so you see a good example of the history here is I would, it would be under the category of a heritage history. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, some of the histories show all the warts and all the mistakes, mm-hmm. you know. And, but this is a real quick recap, and it's for heritage. Mm-hmm. Like to remember, Moses took over all those guys that you're about to say yeah. on the east side of the Jordan. Yes. And so um, that's the quick history. Don't forget the victory we had on this mm-hmm. side of the Jordan. Moses did that. And then it goes into Joshua's victories. Yeah, Joshua on the west side. And to sum it all up, he <laughs> the last defeated verse. 31 kings. You know. You know. So, you know, that's not a small task. Yeah, no, that's pretty intense. That's, uh, you know, talk about a turf war. Mm-hmm. You might have to, you know, in my days as a gang member, um, which were zero, <laughs> I never took Sorry. over... We almost had a spit take. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of, you should all know that part of the oral, oral tradition is there are times when uh, the speaker is trying to make s- the listener spit his drink with laughter or f- shock or something. <laughs> you just wouldn't be doing your job otherwise. So uh, I almost had him there. 
But uh, yeah, that's a serious turf war and 31 kings. And so as the people of God, not only are you going, praise God, he fights mm-hmm. for us, but you're also saying, what is our future? Mm-hmm. We are the people of a future, right. which very rarely are you under a leader where you're so inspired about the future because of what's happened in the past. So pretty cool. The Lord is uh, with him. He, again, it's just like, I'm going to fight for you to overcome all that enslaves you. That's the idea for me. And then uh, we get into 13, and we're kind of like, Joshua's kind of winding down. It's been a se- like probably hard seven years of just constant <laughs> fighting. He started this seven years when he was 80. Yeah. What are you going to be doing when you're 80? Yeah. It's a- <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll be doing. I'll be telling my grandkids, go take that land or something. Just get out of my hair. Give me the clicker. I want to yeah. watch some television. So he... So uh, they list real quick, though, the land that still needs to be taken. Yeah. Like, and... He's a good leader. He knows. Hey, guys. Yeah. Don't get too excited. We still got some work. Yes. But then God promises, I myself will drive them out before the people of Israel. Uh, only allot the land to Israel for an inheritance as I've commanded you. Now, therefore, divide this land for an inheritance to the nine tribes and the half tribe of Manasseh. So they... God's like, okay, just remember, though, like... This is your land. This is your inheritance. Mm-hmm. And I need you to like allot it out. Like give the people something to fight for. Give like show them what they're gonna take and what they need. And then he uh, recaps again like the inheritance of Reuben, Gad, and the other half of the tribe of Manasseh on yeah. the east side of the Jordan. Lists the cities that they were all given. Like gives like the parameters and the the boundaries of their lands. Yeah. And uh, just as a quick kind of reference is you had half the tribe of Manasseh was in the northernmost part, then you had Gad in the middle, and you had Reuben at the in the southern part. On the east side, the of, east the side of the Jordan. Yeah. Yep. So he's just setting it all up. Mm-hmm. And so what he's doing is you're starting to get to the point. They're in the land. And I would suggest too, if at any point, you know those maps you have in your Bible that you never really look at, um now would be the time to start looking at those maps that your Bibles have because yeah. it's kind of fun. It is really cool. It's kind of fun to see how it all uh, how it all starts to shake out. But they're just now getting to a point where they're getting ready to allot the inheritance or of the west side of the west side, the yes. real promised land. Yes. And so they're gonna. The, some of the rules are how they're gonna do it to keep from just favoritism, mm-hmm. to keep from uh, you know, it's like our electoral college. I think that's where our founding fathers got this idea to keep it from just like New York and LA deciding mm-hmm. who the president is because they have so many people. You come up with a different system. And so the system for the people of God was we're going to sort it by lot mm-hmm. and, uh, and we'll break it down by need and by lot. So we asked the Lord to kind of place us in the right, pla- in, in the right places. We're trusting the Lord to, um, to give us this. But it's funny to think about Joshua like, he was there at the Exodus. Yeah. He was there at the plagues. He was there at the Red Sea. He was there for manna and water. He was there for all the crazy stuff that happened in the wilderness. And then for this, it's pretty cool. It is really cool. And it does remind me too, like the older generation always has, you know, they can be crotchety and, uh, you know, it just depends on the way you're living your life. But you got to find some older people who have trusted the Lord to speak into you because mm-hmm. they have wisdom and they've seen some things. Mm-hmm. And at a minimum, they, they can tell you about uh, a handful of times the Lord has showed up powerfully yeah. in their lives. I like that. Uh, 
And so before they start to break it down, we have a interruption in the allotment <laughs> with uh, Caleb. The, hey, the only other guy who's who, been around, who's been around with Joshua. He, I mean, it's really interesting to think that they grew up in Egypt, right? Like they were As slaves. They were like in their late thirties when they got into the wilderness, right? And so, so Caleb is like, hey, so because of my like when I went in to spy the land with you mm-hmm. and I boldly spoke in front of the entire congregation and said, we should take the land. Yeah. God promised me a special portion of this land and I would like to take it. I'm 85 years old and I'm as strong as I was then as I am now. Like, yeah, like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. I'm going to go take this land and it's full of giants and that's the land I want. Right. Okay. <laughs> So Caleb and Joshua are the old guys. Uh, you know, if you watch the Seinfeld comedians and co- getting coffee in cars or yeah, yeah, yeah. getting cars, I watched the one with uh, Kevin Hart. Yes, Seinfeld yes, yes, and Kevin yes, Hart. yes. And Kevin Hart was talking about how hard he worked because mm-hmm. his life was bad and he knew he needed to make it to make it good. Mm-hmm. And then Seinfeld's like, yeah. And then our kids, because the kids mm-hmm. are like, are we rich? And Seinfeld's like, well, I'm rich. Yes. You're not rich. Um, but the, the, there was a cool phrase where Seinfeld says... Um, we grew up going, we need to make it better. I feel bad because I need to get, get it better. Our kids now have it good, and they're like, why do I, st- why do I feel bad? Mm-hmm. So they're answering, the, like, why do I still feel bad? And, and I think like even with the next generation now coming into this land, that's the question. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, things are good. Trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if I'm feeling bad, it's like you still got to trust the Lord and break through the slavery. It's just going to be different. It's going to be like in your heart and mind maybe and not literal slavery of egypt but you're always on the edge of going back to literal slavery you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's interesting so caleb's an important person he reminds him and uh and joshua honors and keeps all the promises and then what's cool is i feel like he looks at caleb and he's like they're bros yeah oh yeah he's like caleb i'm gonna give you this land and then he just trusts caleb you go clean it out yeah and caleb's like I I captain. <laughs> yeah, he goes he goes to like the center, like Hebron. And he's eighty something too. He's like, all right, he's no eighty five. And so he goes into uh, Hebron, which was known as Kirith Arba, which means city of Arba. And Arba was the greatest man among the sons of Anak. Right. And so he's like going into the heart of the city of giants. Oh man, this is why David and Goliath though is a callback to all this. Yes. We always think of David as a special dude going against a giant, but it's like, oh no, David's just in the line of faithful guys. Well, here, I'll connect it even more Ooh, for you as a, as a spoiler. This please is a spoiler. Do. That's all right. You can't have enough spoilers. Um, so the land that Caleb takes, one of the great cities in this land is Bethlehem. And Caleb... Never heard of it. <laughs> ...takes Bethlehem. He's from the tribe of Judah takes Bethlehem, which was full of giants, and what? and takes it and s- starts Bethlehem. And that's where the city of David is. That's that's where David comes from. Oh, and nice. he's a... He's a giant he's slayer. He's a Judah. He's from the tribe of Judah. He's not technically in the line of Caleb, but he's from the tribe of Judah, and he's a giant killer. Nice. Like Caleb. That's great. I know. Pretty great. I call that a nugget. Yeah. Really cool. So uh, at the end of it all, you're seeing the setup. Mm-hmm. God is always involved in the uh, the inception, the little seeds. He's involved in the setup. He's orchestrating everything. And all we need to know is God keeps his promises. He remembers. He's faithful. And um, 
Let's be like Caleb. Yeah, seriously. Trust the Lord. They're ready to start doling out the inheritance, which I'm really excited. I have a great thought for the next show. So stick around for next show because um, I'm going to really connect some huge things for inheritance. I'm just excited about it. All right. I'm prepping the next show. Let's hurry up to to the gospel then. Okay. Wow. What a gospel. uh, Okay. Sorry. Music. Thank you. Our New Testament passage for today is Luke chapter 24. This is the final chapter of Luke. Finishing another book. Woo! Finishing another book. Yeah. You're really doing it. You're reading the Bible. You're finishing another book. Don't, uh. don't give up. Keep going. It's only helping you. All right. So what are, uh, one of my favorite passages because... <laughs> one of my favorite passages because it's uh, only found in Luke. And it says so many things. This is... Uh, we'll have to just give the highlights. Um... Starting First off with of all, the resurrection. Yeah, uh, my favorite resurrection account because of this one phrase. And I think I told somebody this and they actually got a tattoo of it. I think Keith actually got this like in Greek. My favorite line is the angels say to the women, they show up to the tomb and the angel yes. says, why do you look for the living among the dead? Boom. And that has been a line in my life because you you pull that out and you're so many times we're looking for life in dead places Mm -hmm. in places that don't even promise life and we're like i want life where are you and then we're like jesus where are you and the angels are like you know that's not where you find him Mm -hmm. he's not here anymore he's not here well where is he here's where he is yeah anyway why do you look for the living among the dead that's beautiful. They retell the gospel. He had to be crucified. And the third day he rose again. Remember his words. And the angels are all about Jesus and his words. Like this, I know. It's so cool. They're just like, dude, he told you this. And they're not being like condescending, mm. but they are because they're actually condescending from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> the Which, literal term yeah, of yeah, condescension. They're literally con- con- They're coming down from on high. Yeah. To and a lower level. To these beautiful <laughs> women, Mary Magdalene, jo- Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women. It's just so wonderful. And uh, they go and tell Peter. Peter ran, and they're looking in, and they, they see it. They're marveling at what happened. Then Luke takes a break and tells a different oh, story. This a, story. It's classic. Everything about this story, I the road story. to Emmaus, because you have, uh, it's like two guys, like Matt, it's me and Matt walking. Yeah, and we're like a li- we've been totally into this thing, and we're a little bit devastated because we are a lot devastated. We're a lot devastated. We we were kind of hoping for the consolation of Israel. We were hoping that everything mm-hmm. would be restored, um, even the tribal allotments, which we haven't heard about yet. But like everything was going to be restored to how it's supposed to be. Jesus was obviously the guy we believed in him, and now he's dead, and we're walking back. Yeah, we're defeated. Like you gathered together. It's Passover. Jesus is like clean, cleanse the temple. You're like, this is it. Yeah. And then they kill him overnight. <laughs> like, what do you, you go mean? to bed celebrating the Passover and then you wake up and he's on a cross. Well, and I think like as an eight year old before Christmas, your expectation of what the gifts are going to be, mm-hmm. you know what you kind of want and you're hoping the pony is wrapped up and still they poked holes in the box for the puppy. <laughs> and uh, you wake puppy up. Or a pony. Yeah, both. <laughs> Well, you wake up and they're dead. Like they actually got you a pony, but it's dead in the living room. Wow. Uh, and then they tell you, like, yeah, uh, we tried. Like it's devastating. So we're going. Why did you guys even get us a pony? Like they're devastated. Going, 
why did he talk like that? Why did he do those things? Mm-hmm. He was not divine. We really thought he was. And it's a shocker, like a complete shocker. And that's when I just, man, you learn some stuff about Jesus here. Okay. He's like a man of the people, right? He just shows up. He just shows up. They don't recognize him. Purposely, he's like incognito. Yeah, which we don't understand, but who cares? I love, I think I understand because he's like, he loves them. He doesn't want to freak no, them no, out. No, no, no. Like, I don't understand. Like, we don't understand how he they didn't cares. recognize him. Yes, yeah. But I love, he just like walks up, joins their conversation, and it's like, <laughs> what, what are you guys what, talking about? What are you guys talking about? Hey guys, and then it would, be, it would be me first because you would be carrying the sadness quietly with uh, a distinction, <laughs> a maturity about yourself, and I'd be like, "You haven't heard? Yeah. Where have you been? You've been under a rock, man." Yeah. Well, there's basically this guy we thought, and they tell the story. And okay, so this is how I know they're devastated. Yeah. Is this line right here? Um, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem? No, it's in verse twenty-one. But okay. we had hoped that he yeah. was the one to redeem Israel. And that's where it's like, oh, yeah. they, they no longer hope anymore. Yeah, Hope has been killed for them. And they're going home in defeat. And then they drop the nugget right after that of, yeah, some women said he wasn't in the tomb, but we can't really trust. We don't know what all this means. It just yeah. sounds like chaotic confusion. Yes. Because we're all shocked. And so like naturally you're like, People start saying some things. We don't know what to think about all that. Yeah. And that's when Jesus uh, lovingly says, oh, fool, I, I don't know if, you know, I'd love to hear his cadence on this. Like, is it, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken? <laughs> or is it like, oh, f- foolish ones, so slow to believe all the prophets? It's, it, I, I, I like to hear it as, oh, sweet Adam. Yeah, it, is. it definitely is. He's like, oh, you know. Oh, Kathy. Yes. And then um, then he just breaks into the gospel. Jesus tells the gospel. Like, Jesus shares the gospel. Yeah. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets. And he interpreted them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Well, that's the beautiful line. And oh, beginning man. with Moses. So these guys got, it's like a seven-mile walk or something, yeah. right? I've actually walked seven miles when I was in England. It, it, it took some time. We talked about a lot of things, of which many I can't remember, because it was not with Jesus. It was with a small uh, American Indian girl, like like Indian, like Pakistan girl. Mm-hmm. Her name was Sheila. It was great. And there was a couple others with us. We talked about a lot of things. But she did not break down the gospel from beginning with Moses, right. explaining how Jesus was in all of it. So he like strung it all together with how... Moses was prepping for him yes. and prophesying about him and all the story. And so by the time they got to their village, they're like, hey, come in and eat with us. They break bread. Sometimes it feels well, like... I love this too. It, it throws in this little line that like, uh, Jesus acted as if he were going to go on further. Yeah, I know. Jesus is like, well, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to keep going. And no, they're no, like, no, 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 no. We love what you're saying. This is the best conversation. You're like, right. I think over the seven miles, their hope is slowly being restored. Well, yeah, because and they're he's getting like, the best lecture. He's like healing them emotionally as they're walking. <sighs> and like, and that's another their big... Their eyes are starting to open. And that's like another big thing is like walking mm-hmm. is actually a very like it's ther- good therapeutic like processing time. I read a thing about that. Yeah. In like the Civil War, part of the there wasn't a huge amount of like post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. because they would walk for miles after a brutal battle. They would walk with people who experienced mm-hmm. the same thing, like processing 
slowing down their heart. Like yes. it, it, it's actually a, a scientific like way to deal with trauma. Yeah. So like here we are on a seven mile walk and Jesus is slowly restoring hope to these people. And then so at the end of the day, they're home. And they're like, please just continue to be with us. Do which, not leave. Which is something we found and we wait for is there is something about inviting. They're inviting Jesus yeah. for more. Yeah. And sometimes we want healing or we want things to make sense, but we just want it to happen. You got to invite it. You got to say, yeah. Jesus, help me. You got to ask somebody like... I want Jesus to just read my mind Matt, and give you, me what I want. I have to say to Matt, Matt, will you pray for me about mm-hmm. this? I, if I wait for Matt to figure it out, I'll just be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And and if Matt just bullies his way in, says, I need to pray for you. You're a wreck. Mm-hmm. It, it's something... There's something about that consent. Yeah. And that will, that's, and so these guys have it. And so they break bread. It doesn't say they're taking the Lord's Supper. You can think that or not. It doesn't matter. But their eyes open. Yeah, he, he breaks the bread and he blesses it and he gives it to them. And yeah. I think it's probably too a similar scene. Like the, the scene that comes to my mind is when he's feeding the 5,000. Oh, nice. And these guys are probably, like, they're probably pretty dedicated people. And so he breaks it, gives it to them. And then all of a sudden they're like, they see him, dude. We they just got, actually see him. We just got manna from heaven. Yes. in the wilderness of confusion and death. Yeah, they see him, and then he vanishes, and then he just disappears. He's like, peace, <laughs> literally peace. Yes. Then I love their responses. They run back. Yeah, they say, "Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked?" I know. If we ever started like a contemporary Christian rock band, we'd just call it Did Our Hearts Not Burn Within Us? It's a long title for a band name, but I think it would work. Okay. Yeah. Maybe an album cover. Yeah. An album title. Did Our Hearts Not Burn Within Us? Yeah. It's high level biblical stuff. And then they run back and... Uh, they run back... To the 11. To Jerusalem that same hour. So like they take... But they know a, where the disciples they are. They take a good day, a good part of the day, walking those seven miles... Yeah, and then they turn around and just book it back. They, they run a nice. But six, hope has been restored. They run a nice twelve uh, k or something. Jesus is alive. Yeah, and they go back and tell Simon, and they told what happened on the road, and they told the whole thing. And as they're talking, like they they get into the house where the eleven are hiding. They're telling them, "We just saw Jesus." The eleven drop this thing that we don't really know about, but they drop. He appeared to Peter. Yeah. Jesus appeared to Peter too. And then as they're talking amongst each other, Jesus all of a sudden, boom, appears in in, in them. Oh, you're in, right. In they're the middle back. of the house. As they were talking, I never connected yeah. the two guys. Yeah. Oh, and then he comes back and that's where, it, I wonder, I always thought that was the doubting Thomas, like touch my hand, but no. Jesus is just doing that. The greatest part about this Luke account it's not with Thomas then. It's with these guys. Touch my hands. Touch my feet. Um, he's trying to say, look, he actually says, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Yeah, because they're scared. They think they're like seeing a ghost a or ghost. something. And it's very important for us to understand that Jesus is about a resurrection of the body. Mm-hmm. Like t- Jesus is being uh, purposeful about saying, intentional, touch my hands, touch my body. And then there's this great scene where Jesus, to prove it even more, like you can touch his hands and think your mind is doing something. But then he says, do you have anything to eat? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm hungry. And he eats fish. He yes. eats some boiled fish. Yes. And, uh, or broiled, sorry, broiled, boiled doesn't sound as good as, bro- yeah, boiled would be kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Broiled fish yes. over a fire. And he eats it. And they're going, 
this guy, that fish is actually gone. It went yeah. into his mouth and disappeared. Yes. He is actually alive. And then Jesus starts to break down and says again that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So see, Jesus isn't discounting the histories no. or the Prophets or the Psalms. He's saying all of it is about me. Yes. And then, um, and then he repeats again, like the, the Apostles' Creed, basically, like the core of what we believe, that Christ should suffer on the third day, rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed. In to, his name to all nations. To all nations, beginning with Jerusalem. You're going to be witnesses of this, and I'm sending you, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. So stay here until I clothe you on high. So he's going to clothe his guys with the Holy Spirit to go out and proclaim. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is repentance and forgiveness. I forget about that. Yeah. You have to, to receive forgiveness, you have to be asking for it. That's why repentance is key. Yes. You have to realize, I have not loved God with all my heart, soul, and mind. God, forgive me. Yeah. I have not You're forgiven. loved my neighbor as myself. I have not loved my neighbor with all of my heart. Mm-hmm. You may have had some good moments in the day, but not all your heart. So you recognize that. That's the beginning to life. And then you call upon God, and he forgives you. But he's equipping them with the Holy Spirit. There's so much to say, and it'll work out, especially in the book of Acts. Yeah, because... I do want to point out that Luke and Acts are actually one continuous na- yeah. Uh, narrative. Yeah. Like, they're broken up here in our Bibles, but Luke and Acts are actually one story. Because he'll, he'll explain what the ascension... So it's very important that Christ ascended out of his resurrected body. Yes. He died, he rose from the dead, he showed himself for 40 days to over 500 people, and then he ascended. He went up to the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and from there he will come to judge the living and the dead. Wow. I, and I love, too, the anticipation. He, wait wait for it. You're going to mm-hmm. get clothed with power it. from on high. And then they all went to... Uh, I also love that the end. They all went to the temple. See, oh, this yeah. is a very Jewish movement. They went to yeah. the place where you meet with God. And praise Him. Until God says the temple is no more, you go there yeah. and you praise Him. And that's going to be the, the place where it all begins. Mm-hmm. The powder keg. So today we are going to read Psalm 51, verses 10 through 19. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings, and whole burnt offerings. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. Wow, I was just listening to that. That was good. Boom. We've just been fed by ravens. (laughs) Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.